all, you can't really talk about the early second wave of the women's movement without talking about This is a WLRN extended interview. My first question to both of you is, could you please just sort of introduce yourselves, say who you are, your name, and how you came to meet one another and meet all of the other women that got together to go to the Dyke March and have a presence, many of those women being radical feminists, lesbian feminists, and knowing that Dyke Marches are not really a safe place for lesbian feminists especially uh, anymore. And so how did you all meet up and come up with a plan and just introduce yourselves briefly? So, Ali, do you want to start? Yeah, I could do. I'm I'm from New York originally, although I've lived my whole adult life in the UK, mostly in London. I'm a writer and a radical feminist, and I had to visit family, so I went to the Dyke Lodge because I went to one of the very first ones in '92 and '93, which was a very small affair. And I was aware that they were it was a it was a kind of cauldron and experiment for like trans activism versus versus feminists. I went over to support my friend Claire, who's an activist, a British activist, who had a banner to celebrate Stormy DeLavery's life. And it said, everybody knows that Stormy, a black female homosexual, started Stonewall. So to celebrate a black, a black lesbian's life has been written out of history. And she had a really beautiful banner. And um, about six of us met on the corner. I knew Jen and Claire. I did not know, and um, there's one other woman, one other New York feminist. I don't know if she wants to be named, but then there were three others I didn't know, so I would say altogether there was seven of us, uh, seven or eight of us. But it was a little bit, it was a, we, were, we were at different points in the corner that everybody was converging on, which was 42nd Street and 6th Avenue, and we got separated. Evidently, as I understand it, a couple of uh, a couple of the young women had a labrador banner, and one of the young women had a lesbian equals adult female homosexual, if, if I remember it correctly. Jen will correct me, um, or um, lesbian adult female human. Lesbian adult female homosexual, I believe, is what it says. Yeah, um, I think so too. This is so a popular a popular shirt amongst lesbians and feminists um, that I believe Posey Parker came up with. Absolutely. And it's, it's to kind of emphasize the fact that we exist. Females exist as a group. We, we are not prepared to be decategorized. Everything else in society, animal, mineral, and vegetable, has its own group and its own category apart from women. Women is whatever fantasy a man says. You know, whatever a person with a penis says, a woman is is what a woman is, and we're fighting back against that. So, um, so my understanding is that some people took uh, took offense against the uh, Labrys banner, the black banner, which was a traditional lesbian feminist symbol, and the T-shirt of one of the young women. And at this point, Jen and I were a couple of hundred yards away on 42nd Street, and were in contact with the people on the corner. We walked back to the corner to see that that some of the women were trying to hold the banner, hold the Stormy Delavery banner up, but there were two trans activist banners, and I forget what they said, but they, 
said something like trans rights, hope, you know, there's no place to hate, um, destroy bigotry, or, you know, something equally hyperbolic with the, with the pharmaceutical colors of pink and blue. And uh, there were two identical banners, and they were trying, and some women were trying to hem the banner in so it wouldn't be seen. And I thought this, I thought this was a trans activist group who had come along to police anybody who they thought was a, you know, outspoken feminist. And then on this later, but later we found out that they were actually official black march marshals. That not only mm-hmm. is the march inclusive, but that they hate the concept that females might exist. They absolutely hate that dykes could mean anything more than anything anyone says they are at any one point, which it says up there on their mission statement and on their website. A dyke is anyone who identifies as a dyke, which is the kind of secular reasoning that some of us are fighting against. And mm-hmm. so I, I think the main thing I want to say, Jen can fill you in on the details, the main thing I want to say is that it was there, just coming face-to-face with some of the trans activists is scary because their faces are very set, very angry, they clearly see us as, as the enemy. And they, um, I, I was trying to engage these women. They were, they were females holding both banners as, they tried, as we tried to walk and as they tried to block us. I was saying, do you hate black people or do you hate black lesbians? You know, or, or is it all black people you hate? Because we're, we're just celebrating a black lesbian. One, one black lesbian is not really saying anything about trans people. It's not saying anything about larger issues. We're saying that Stormy has been written out of history and that we don't really want to celebrate her. And their faces were set and they were on message to not talk to us because we were the enemy. Yeah, and there were about six or seven of you in your original group, and then that group got divided at some point. Two women, the woman with the labyrinth banners went off, although they joined us later. So at this point, there were just four of us, I believe. Me, Jen, and what about their numbers? What, how many trans activists would you say there were? There were five of us. Okay, so this is like a maybe, maybe, I think there was only two people, each, two women each carrying the banner with a couple of supporters each. So maybe a group of seven or eight, very, very, very dedicated. I mean, they did join up with, there was more of them later on when they formed the the human barricade or chain when they, I remember one approached us, um, she seemed pretty nice and friendly. We showed her the banner, and she said, oh, this is fine, and they sort of let up for a little bit, but um, they still ended up following us through the, I don't know, yeah, they tried to follow us through the park, but we did see them speak to the police. I don't know, do you remember that? Right. Like, yeah, because at a, at a certain point, we were, we were trying to walk up 42nd Street with the whole march, but since they were kind of jostling our banner and pushing us and, and preventing it from being seen, we thought we'd cut diagonally across Bryant Park so that we could meet up with the with the main march along Fifth Avenue and walk diagonally across the park. So some of them, it sounds like some of them laid off on the banner. They decided the banner was okay, but that the lesbian adult female homosexual shirt was also something that upset them and set them I- off. I don't think anyone was really okay with it. There was just the one that spoke to us. The rest were silent. That banner ended up at, at the corner of 48th Street and 5th where we tried to enter. I think we were actually on 41st Street and 5th, uh, um, 6th 
originally when that happened. My name is Jen, by the way. I didn't say that before. <laughs> I had gone the year before all alone, and I didn't know anybody yet. Um, you know, I marched, and, you know, nothing happened, but, you know, everybody was speaking in whispers, so to speak, about our identities, and there was lots of, um, you know, trans rights activists there. But that's, that's last year. I don't want to get into that. I don't want to take up too much time. But, um, so I came back the next year, and that's, at that point, it was that's when I did know more women. So um, this is my second bike march ever, essentially. And <laughs> Did you purposely not want to go back alone? And so this year you sought out a group, and what was your organizing process like with that group? Yeah, like a, I wasn't really interested in going originally until I found out that some women I had met were going and I, I decided, Hey, why not? That's when Claire reached out to me. Um, I didn't even know her yet. She just wanted somebody who was from New York to sort of be like a guide for her. Um, cause she had never been to America before. And, um, we got talking for several weeks before she even got here and we became friendly. And then when we met, um, it was like a week before the dike march. She she had already been here, and um, we got friendly. And did you talk about uh, tactics, street tactics, and plan A's and plan B's, and different things that you might have wanted to do in terms of action items before you met up in the streets? No, I don't. I don't think we were expecting much of a reaction. I think um, like the bet was pretty harmless looking. And, um, you know, we, it's not like we came there with all these signs that said, you know, transgenderism erases lesbianism and things like that. Like, we didn't plan on doing anything. Like, we didn't have any sort of, you know, uh, vicious intentions and, you know. But it's important revenge. to say that the, night of, the night before, Claire, Jen, myself, Sophia. and two of the young women, I think there's five of us, met in front of Stonewall with the banner. Oh, that's right. And people were really, people were generally really positive. There wasn't, um, there was a really nice vibe at Stonewall. It was like a bit of a nightclub to them. Yeah, I remember that. On social media, those pictures Line. are he glorious. Outside, Everybody was nice to us. We were adjacent to, we weren't right in front of, of Stonewall. We were like a little bit on Sheridan Square around the corner. People stopped to talk. Some people knew Stormy DeLavere was and said they missed her greatly. Some people said, yeah, she's been written, written out of history. It's great you're celebrating her. It was just a lovely laid-back um, vibe. And then we we moved around right in front of Stonewall and sang somewhere over the rainbow. <laughs> So then, then the the TRAs took you by surprise. They took you by surprise that you you were not anticipating that this banner, because of your experiences the night before as a group, the same group out on the streets at Stonewall, posting pictures on social media, getting a positive response. You really did not anticipate that the trans activists would smell your turfiness on you somehow. And we didn't prevent you from marching. They would hate. They would hate the idea of celebrating black lesbians so much that that would have to be suppressed. And it's just me and me and Elizabeth sort of walked in. Like we didn't actually watch the drama unfold. We sort of just came into it. I was getting texts 
from the others, like, oh, we're being prevented from walking. We can't walk. And I said, what do you mean you can't walk? So I had to go find them. We had to go find them. And yeah. uh, so we didn't, we didn't exactly see what sparked it exactly and, and what happened. We just sort of, like, came in on it and there. The banners were out. <laughs> it's like everything was already, like, the drama was just already happening. And then these taller women were, like, getting in my face. This was the only time they spoke. They, they had hushed up after, but when I first arrived, these taller women were just sort of, like, getting in my face. Like, they don't uh, appreciate this. Like, we don't like – they didn't use the word turf, but they did say something about transphobes or transphobia. Like, we don't want that here, basically. Like, you're not welcome. And then I, it just was really odd how, out of nowhere, they all just sort of hushed. And it didn't matter what we were saying to them. We couldn't trigger a response back. Like, they were just going to keep walking in front of us, prevent us from walking. If we could walk, they were just going to follow us. They were hot in our heels, basically. And none of your messaging... None of your messaging had the word trans in it or the term trans yeah. activism. None mm-hmm. of it. It said female homosexual on the banner. Which, that's um, pushing it a little bit, you know. I know that it shouldn't be, I but mean, it's it is. Claire's banner. <laughs> well, we, just, um, we, need, we need the Dyke March to come out and be very clear about how much they hate and despise females. I mean, that's you know, where the word comes from. Eradicate how much they want to eradicate females as a group. They need to say how much they hate females because they clearly do. You know, it, it's I mean, like, yeah, many of these women are female that are doing this, though, right? Many sure, of them are female. For a banner that wasn't, wasn't confrontative, that was just actually quite friendly and, and factual. It was really surprising. I just want to add to what Jen said, so that when they were pushing and jostling us and we went into Bryant Park, um, they followed, uh, about four of the trans activists followed us into Bryant Park, even though we had we had left the march and gone into, yeah, following us and, and just trying, still and trying to kind of shadow our banner, even though it was in the park, not on the march. And three of them, um, three of them hailed a cop, a single cop, and were pointing to us and trying to report us for something. I Did the cop approach you then? No, no, he, he was writing something. Had his notebook out, wrote some stuff, and then wandered off, which was quite funny. Um, he didn't really seem to think that there was anything. So what was your mood like? Was it jovial amongst those of you who walked to Bryant Park and were followed by three or four trans activists? What, 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 how did it feel? I'm going to just think about that because I've, I've encountered trans activists before. I think that they're very, they exhibit really cult-like behavior. Um, they exhibit behavior in common with how how we read fascists behave. You know, you don't want to say they're fascists, but it's very cult-like, it's very stony, it's very, you're the enemy, you need to be destroyed because you think females exist, because that's the most terrible thing. And I kept, I really wanted to talk to them, and I really wanted to break through, and I kept looking at them and saying, you know, do you really hate all black lesbians? Just tell me what is wrong with our banner. And they wouldn't. But then at one point, one woman turned to me and robotically said the weirdest thing. She said, I'm glad you're here. It was so weird. I'm was glad like, you're here. Yeah. That's it, 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 <laughs> yeah, and it was very robotic, as if, as if like, um, they'd been told, they were, they were very organized and they were on message to kind of... Uh, you know, you really message. see that in the video. When the video that Sophia Reck uh, posted... Mm-hmm on Facebook. She did a live stream and such a good job. She just took on a reporter role 
for like nine minutes really well um and just documenting what was happening and then she went up to the other camp to the trans activist camp and that's where the numbers the numbers seemed i I counted around 17 trans activists if you count all the people cheering you know in the crowd when when that was when we tried to kind of join the march again which was on uh, walking down this right at the other corner of the of the of the march by this and by this time they had kind of formed a human chain to stop us from coming back into the march and do you believe these people who form this human chain majority women probably right and they were yeah. organizers yeah. with the dyke march official all the men and- were having a good time no man approached us. If any man was there, they were not aware of any of the drama. They were too busy having a good time at the expense of this march. Meanwhile, you have all these women fighting amongst themselves. But any man that was there, any, any supposed transbian or dyke man who might have been there was too busy having a gay old time. Although, <laughs> although I think maybe one of those women who, you know, one of the people who was holding, because I've looked at the pictures and the video and whatnot, it it seemed that one of them was, um, you know, dressed in women's clothing and so therefore, and had the long hair, but maybe was not not a woman, was actually a man. You know, I don't know, but... um, I don't remember any male approaching us. Um, If I saw any, they were just passing by. And I'm grateful that none of them got involved because it probably would have been a lot scarier. <laughs> um, but I think the important thing to think about and to say is that they were very, very involved. They were organizers with the Dyke March. They weren't just some random group who had organized to come. Maybe working with the police as well. Yeah, that was the other thing in watching the video that they had such pol- – and looking at some of the pictures, they had such police-like – Behaviors, you know, and New York they were City. All pretty much wearing the same shirt. And exactly, yeah, they were in a uniform. Let me tell you, I know <laughs> New York City cops have a reputation for pulling tactics like that, actually. And so I think I'm not like trying to be a conspiracy theorist, but I think it'd be interesting to to, to call up, you know, call up, just call up the the police, New New York City police, and ask them some questions, you know, like. Did you have undercover agents out that day because you were worried about violence or what, whatever they may be worried about? You know, um, I don't know, but yeah, just in observing their behavior on the in the pictures and the video, they exhibited I mean, very. Cop- I feeling is that they're not they're not coming from the police, but they're like corporate police. It's it's like it's um, huge. It's big money and big corporations like big pharma policing anything that might potentially threaten their profits. You are listening to WLRN. Who owns the New York City Dyke March? You know, who are the sponsors um, of the march? It's, it's all supposedly, like, voluntary. Um, supposedly it's all volunteers. Interesting. Their, their Twitter says, trans-inclusive and permit-free since 1993. Permit-free. Interesting. Oh, yeah, because they, they have a sort of anti-authoritarian, they used to have an anti-authoritarian ethos, and they were a bit against the 
corporate ethos of of, convention, of official pride. Mm-hmm. So they don't ask for permits to march. They just yeah. Need. They don't like corporate rainbows. It's also important to say that um, that when we were in Bryant Park, when we had walked walked away from the beginning of March, um, a couple of um, really nice organizers, Dyke March organizers, came up to us and said, we don't mind you march- marching with And they weren't the ones carrying the banners. But they said, we don't want- mind you marching with your, your banner. But um, you need to know that this is inclusive. This is inclusive to trans women. And I said, yeah, I, I do know that Dyke March is inclusive. This has nothing to do with the trans issue. This is celebrating one individual. I don't see what the problem is. And she said, well, as long as you understand it's inclusive, we don't mind you marching with your banner. And she sloped off. And she was really nice. And that was yeah, the that organizer. Was the one lady I speaking of. Right. Well, then, I don't know if you know anything about, like, all the different festivals through the years, but Ohio Lesbian Festival is all-inclusive and was sort of a reply to Mishfest, which had an intention that it be just for women and not men. And it's so all-inclusive that that includes lesbians and lesbian feminists. And so when I went to Ohio Lesbian Festival last year, I was pleasantly surprised by how many feminists were there, Um, even though, and we understood, all of us understood it was all-inclusive. That includes us, you know. And I think it's inclusive. Some people on their side really are trying to be really all-inclusive, and it sounds like that woman was. But that's not the majority, obviously. <laughs> yeah. She was very nice. She was, just, she was just, we needed to make sure that you weren't transphobic. And I said, well, I'm not against anyone. I'm just doing what I'm doing, which is celebrating this one woman. And yeah, she said, that's have the right fine. to represent the L for what it really is. It deserves its place in the dyke march. <laughs> right. <laughs> Isn't it just so Orwellian? <laughs> the dyke march. And, this, and you the language. March. Yeah. It's such a battle of, of words and language. Because who who would have ever thought that woman equals adult human female would be called hate speech in Liverpool, England, by a professor that complained to the city of Liverpool that made that phrase be taken down from a publicly, you know, a big billboard that Posey had put up. Who could have ever dreamed and imagined that that would be construed as hate speech, you know? But it has been. It's just, it's really nuts. Yeah. For and dating and other, other things sort of allowed to have their own definition, like when when we decide something's really important, like marching against police brutality, it's not just anything that identifies as police brutality or anyone who identifies as having suffered it. It, It's real, and it's a real cohort of people who have, mostly black people, most a a lot of black men who have suffered this, and it's real, and and we take it seriously, not seriously enough. We need to take it more seriously. But we're on on our way to starting to take it seriously. Let's take all groups of society, seriously, including females. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Are there any other Are there any other stories you'd like to tell uh, for our largely lesbian feminist and radical feminist 
audience about your experiences at the New York City Dyke March or any messages that you'd like to get out there to our listenership? Well, just briefly, it was really great to get down to uh, 6th, 5th Avenue, and they wouldn't, um, the, the human chains of marshals wouldn't let us back into the march because they'd all linked arms to prevent us from getting from and the side They street, stayed there the entire time. They stayed there the entire time. If there's not proof that it wasn't for us, they they made sure that the the march disappeared completely, and then they took off, and that's when we decided to hang out in Bryant Park. And what was the monument? The the poet, the writer. Oh, I think was it, it was the um, monument. Gertrude Stein in front of Gertrude that's, Stein. Yeah, and that's we, we decided to hang back and and crack a beer <laughs> or two. <laughs> Right, and um, but then we decided and to... And then go down, too, and then when the march left, we, because we, um, we stood there for about 45 minutes with our banner really high. So and that's when we, seen we split up further, so the rest of the younger women split off again from us, and um, we just sort of hung back at Bryant Park for a little while, but... And then some of us met up again in, in Washington Square. Yeah, then we, we all met up at Washington Square Park, and that's when we saw really ridiculous signs <laughs> and yeah. a lot of mm-hmm. unlikely things. Like um, well, a lot of like a lot of a lot of porn based stuff and a lot of like sex industry kind of a woman stuff. Holding the sign that said "We'll suck dick for the revolution." <laughs> right. And the trans activists were not in sight at that point. Um, the marshals were not yeah, in sight. Yeah, they were. They were. They oh, were they were. Trans activists. But their, you had put the banner. Were on the, the banner was. You didn't march. have the banner with you at that point, right? Well, no, we wasn't taking the banner. It was with us, but it wasn't out. <laughs> okay. So, the, like, I think and Jenny said, you you weren't massive, harassed anymore. No, they had their two massive. Um, you know, transphobia is hate or whatever, you know. Uh, we had to take the on train. Either, on either side of the Arc de Triomphe, the, the big arch in Washington Square Park. Mm-hmm. So they were sort of like, everybody was filing through those two banners. So the, the banners were quite kind of iconic, their ones. Wow. Yeah. So it... it but but I I keep being disturbed when I look at their website saying which says a dyke is anyone anything anyone thinks it is. Dyke march is totally inclusive of anyone who wants to come. Except for those naming who actually are dykes. <laughs> yeah, because if you define the word dyke, homo, you know, female homosexual, you're out. <laughs> right. So then, what are your that's plans? That's where the flare comes from. What are your, what are your plans for the, for the future? What do you hope will happen next at next year's Dyke March? Do you want to have a bigger, larger group in anticipation of this kind of, you know, takeover of the march by trans activists, or do you want to create another like real march for lesbians? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just. Oh. What, that would be a dream come true. Um, yeah. Well, you know, this if I'm still living in New York, I would be interested. I'm sorry if I'm interrupted. <laughs> There's going to be a march in Leeds in the UK on the 7th of September, a lesbian strength march, and it would be great if some U.S. women could come. A lesbian, repeat um, the name of the march again. It's called Lesbian Strength. It's going to be on the 7th of September. 
strength. Lesbian strength. Strength. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> A lesbian okay, lesbian strength. And the women who are invited to march in this march are actual lesbians. And it's being organized by actual lesbians. It's being organized by actual lesbians. I believe it's a lesbian-only march and a mix and a rally for um, women who are not lesbians. Wow. Yeah, so lesbians oh, my gosh. Allies. Please live stream onto your Facebook page, and we'll post it on um, the WLRN page. Please do okay. that if you can. I'm not an organizer, but I think it's. I think it might be get the L out. I'm not sure. Or you it's could just, find somebody who who would. I mean, who would do that? Okay. Because that'll be really inspiring for our followers to hear about. You know, in August, hear about these pride and dyke marches that were overtaken by trans activists, and then to see something that's not, I think, would be inspiring. Okay. Well, thank you both so much. Would both of you like to just take a moment on the mic and give some parting words to our listeners? Jen, you want to start? Well, I just want to stress that it was um, not necessarily a negative experience, but, um, you know, it did make me angry and sad. And, um, you know, it it was pretty painful to, to have to go through something so ridiculous. It's 2019, and a dyke isn't a dyke anymore. I don't know. It's just very odd times to be living. This is my second dyke march. Um, hopefully, I'll be at the, the next one, but, I mean, maybe maybe something else will be going on. I'm not sure. I would come at it just saying that, you know, we're, we're facing really existentially tough times as females all over the world, and being de- and in the process of being decategorized is quite... It's quite interesting and quite chilling. And whether we're lesbian or straight, 834 of us die every day in childbirth. And we need language to describe our experience. A lot of worse things going on. (laughs) But you know what? They'll go down in history as the ones who kept kept us out. And uh, maybe one day they'll realize how wrong they were. They they'll go down in history as people who kept dykes out of the quote unquote dyke march. Yeah, and you know, getting back a little bit to what Ellie was saying about is it in Leeds on September seventh? You said, yeah. There's going to be the lesbian strength march that's organized by lesbians for lesbians. Maybe something like that can happen in in the United States at some point. I, I hope so. Um, Otherwise, I'll amazing. just have to get a passport. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I'll just become expats and hang out in the U.K. <laughs> While there's still a little oil, grab a plane, come over and come to the event. Yeah, so, um, September 7th. Please send me a link to information about that, Ellie, so that I can promote that as well through WLRN and I'll specifically an invitation to American women, you know? So, yeah. awesome. I, you know it's what? I was in the worst, you too, I was in the worst mood when I got up this morning and then I just got to talk to Jen for a really long time ahead of this interview. But, you know, it was great meeting you and hearing you perform at Mishfest in 2015. I hope to get to see you again. Okay, you, at Mishfest oh, in 2015? Wow, <laughs> was it the Radfem tent or the DGR tent or something? Oh, it was the um, Radfem Rhapsody. It was yeah. Radfem Rhapsody, yeah. 
Okay. Um, yeah, I can't even say I've been too much fun. Yeah, girl, but you know what? What a I lot told of, you. A lot of women my age don't even know about it. I know, and I didn't but know about they're it reviving it. And if Nidra Johnson is doing what she's doing, then believe me, the same magic is going to be there. So it's always there. It's just a matter of us tapping into it and, you know, going with the flow and doing the work of resisting these misogynistic activists, obviously, and Mishpat's had to do that for 40 years. <laughs> it was definitely escalated right. in the last five years or so. Maybe people would say 10, but definitely in the last five years it was escalated. But it's always been a battle, and some of these Amazons really know how to fight it on our soil. And our soil is the Michigan festy, fest land. Like, I, I hope you will go someday just to see and feel the land, Jen, because it's still there, and it's it's owned by women. It's owned by lesbians who want to keep it for girls and women. And, of course, that trans whatever crap is present, you know what I mean? But it always has been. It's just the way the world is now. <laughs> but and also, also we, you know, also in the U.K., people are talking a lot about um, legal challenges to gender identity and self, sex self-ID laws. And I think the next step is also challenging um, challenging gender ID and sex self-ID in court in the States to enshrine that females can organize as females. I think you're right. And, you know, we really have some great trick. lawyers. We have some great lawyers in the U.S. working on that, working to yeah. um, propose different language to the Equality Act, actually, um, I know lawyers as volunteers that are not getting paid that are working in the U.S. to change the Equality Act so that it doesn't erase sex-based protections. And Good. so more power to them and <laughs> and to all of us, That's really. You know, um, we're all in this work. together. Yeah. It's great to talk to you, Cecil. You've just been listening to an interview between WLRN's Thistle Patterson and lesbian feminists Jen and Ellie, who participated in the 2019 New York City Dyke March. Thank you, Ellie. Thank you, Jen, for taking the time to speak with us. And thank you, dear listener, for continuing to stay tuned to Women's Liberation Radio News.